turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Thursday evening in New York City, a 70-degree New York City. I mean, what's that all about? You know, I, you, I think tomorrow morning's going to be 27 degrees. Uh, so when I go out to drive little Arthur to school, I put on a, like a, basically a winter coat because it's 29 degrees. And then I get to my office and I come out for lunch and it's I'm wearing a winter coat and it's 68 degrees. What the heck is going on? Um, I don't know. I don't remember it being like that when I was a kid, but it's obviously pretty easy to find out. We could do a little research on whether in February it used to shoot up to 70 degrees. And then tomorrow morning I looked, it's going to be back down to 28, but then it's going to go up again. So I don't know. I guess enjoy the ride. Um, I will give myself a little pat on the back, which I like to do from time to time or all the time, depending on how you view me. Uh, yesterday I was lamenting about people not using New York City. And I'm like, use New York City. Come to the restaurants. Come to the Broadway shows, et cetera. So I was going, you know, on one of my rants. And um, sure enough, this afternoon, Eric Adams, uh, the mayor, went and spoke at the Democratic uh, State Convention where Governor Hochul was was nominated to be the um, the nominee of the Democrats for the um, <clears throat> their nominee, Uh, Obviously, she's going to have at least one opponent. We'll talk about that in a second. But when Eric Adams had the opportunity to have the podium, and obviously it was going to be a lot of media coverage, what do you think he said? He said, use New York, folks. Everyone's got to come back to work. Uh, His quote was, the accountant who's working from home is not taking his clothes or her clothes to the dry cleaners, and he's not going to the deli for lunch, and he's not riding the subways, and he's not... Going to get his shoe shine, and and she may not be going to pick up her watch or her shoes at the shoemaker, et cetera, et cetera. Her watch at the watch battery repair place, and that's how New York functions. And you know, he basically called BS on a lot of people, saying, "Don't tell me on uh, on Monday you're too afraid to go to work when on Saturday you're at a restaurant or you're at a nightclub or you are out." partying somewhere with a whole bunch of people and boy is he correct um even during the the height of the virus in in march of 2020 not march may let's say of 2020 when i was kind of nudging everyone in my law firm to come back i remember there was this one shall remain nameless individual who i'm talking to and i'm like well you know when do you think you're gonna back in i don't know i you know maybe another week or two i'm still not i still don't feel that comfortable coming into the office now in our office there's only a total maximum of everyone's there of like 20 people. Um, it's not like it's 200 people. It's not on the floor of the stock exchange. So I said, okay, you don't feel comfortable because you're afraid of being around too many people? He said, yeah. I said, where are you right now with all that noise behind you? He goes, oh, I'm at the Home Depot. I mean, how many people are at the Home Depot compared to being in our little law, law office? So, you know, look, I I know everyone has different personalities. And, you know, I have a neighbor who I'm quite fond of, and he's ecstatic to work from home. He's like, you know, I get up, I help the kids get off to school, and I'm I'm home, and I'm in the front porch room that I have, and I'm working there all day until the kids come home from school. That is not me. Uh, It's definitely not Eric Adams either. Uh, And what he's saying is is really accurate. Um, 
as on my block on 45th Street in Manhattan, you know, there's there are two delis. There is uh, there's all kinds of stores that are right there. There's a bookstore. Um, there's a woman's clothing store. If no one's here using that, we got a big problem. So I thought it was interesting that Eric Adams took this opportunity at the Democratic uh, Convention, state convention, <clears throat> to make that point. Uh, you know, and I mean, he picked out accountants, but it's the financial industry, it's the accounting industry, it's the legal industry. He he said specifically what the white collar jobs are there. The fact that they're not in the city, it's hurting the service industry. And it, there's you can't say it's not. So get out of your house, come back to the city and enjoy it. You know, it's it's a it's a beautiful place to be. It's a very special place to be. And it was so special that Hillary Clinton, we all remember who she was, um, or I should say who she is. So she was a keynote speaker at the Democratic Convention today, and she nominated Governor Hochul. Uh, and what I found interesting was uh, Tom Swazi, the congressman and the former Nassau executive, um, Nassau County executive, you know, he said that at the convention, people were coming up to him trying to persuade him not to run. Uh, He said, Hillary uh, said, you know, we need to be unified and you're doing a great job in Congress. Um, Jay Jacobs, the head of the the state Democratic Party, told him, you know, we need you in Congress. And and, uh, so did Hakeem Jeffries, who's the Brooklyn congressman, who could be the speaker uh, if Nancy Pelosi steps down and the Democrats at some point are uh, have the majority in Congress. Uh, said, you know, we we could lose your seat if you don't run for Congress, if you don't run for re-election. But Tom made it clear that he is uh, he's forging ahead. He thinks he's got good issues. Oh, someone said, oh, then he had some sort of big like uh, what they're saying in the paper seems like somewhat of an argument with Christine Quinn, the former president of the city council, who uh, she ran unsuccessfully for mayor when um, de Blasio won. And uh she basically was saying, you know, you can't win. How can a conservative white man beat the first uh, female governor? Um, now, of course, I was thinking, you know, Christine Quinn, I'm thinking when she ran, I believe she was the only woman in the race. It was Bill de Blasio, Christine Quinn, uh, Mr. Thompson, who was the controller, uh, Anthony Weiner, who was in and out, or but no, ultimately he still stayed in the race. I know I'm forgetting someone because there were five people, but um, yeah, and being the only woman and she was quietly but powerfully supported by Mike Bloomberg, she wound up losing. So just because there's a bunch of men in the race and one woman does not automatically <clears throat> mean that the woman is going to win. And I'm not saying anybody was very heavy handed with Tom Swazi, and I understand their point, like, let's be unified. But, you know, we're supposed to have an election process where there's a choice and that there's just not an automatic presumptive uh, winner before we even have the election. You know, I remember Derek Jeter talking about the New York Yankees when they lost in the playoffs. Uh, and, he, you know, they said, well, you know, on paper, you know, you guys look so much better than the opposing team. You know, why did you lose? And he said, you know, you have to play the game to actually see what the results are. So uh, in the world of politics, things change even more quickly uh, as we've learned, I mean, how many governors have we had in the last decade? It's been a revolving door. I mean, it was like you carry forever, Andrew, uh, Mario Cuomo forever, and then my, uh, Pataki forever. And since then, we've had more than three governors since uh, Pataki stepped down. So I don't, I don't uh, look at Tom Swazi poorly because he's deciding to run for governor. He keeps being listed. He's listed as the long shot candidate, the long shot candidate. And he is a long shot candidate. Anytime you run against an incumbent, especially an incumbent who she's raised, I don't know, $21 million, uh, which is an enormous amount of money. And that is so hard to do. It's I have worked for many different candidates through the course of my life. And I've raised money myself uh, two separate times when I ran for city council and when I was thinking about either running for Brooklyn DA or for New York State Attorney General. And it's just horrible, you know, having to call people. Some people you know well, those calls aren't that hard. But it's still, you you know, you don't want to call your best friend from grammar school or high school. Hey, I'm running for office. Can you give me $250? It's going to be matched eight to one. It's still not a fun conversation to have. 
Um, but you know what? Mr. Swazi is going for it. Congressman Swazi is going for it. And I think giving the voters a choice is a good thing. We have to talk about what happened with the Trump family and the Trump case with Letitia James because the judge gave a big ruling. Let's break it down. Remember when you were in your teens and thought you were invincible? The same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. Now, as I mentioned, I got this little, like, little cold I'm fighting through, and all of a sudden you start thinking, hmm, I'm not always healthy. So that's why you don't know when things are going to hit, so you need to be prepared. The fact is, if something happens to you, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Nobody wants that. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Even if you have a cold, you, you can still go see Connors and Sullivan. It's just if you're really, really unhealthy, that's when you can't go see Connors and Sullivan and you want to be prepared. They've been doing this for 40 years. They will sit down with you. They will explain everything. They'll explain the differences between a healthcare proxy, a living will, a power of attorney, and even an actual will. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Vigilantes by New Order, senior year in high school. You know, I gave Sam Bellino this whole list of, like, uh, songs and groups that I love. And um, I don't look. I don't cheat. Sometimes I cheat. But most of the time, he just puts them out there and, like, boy, did that song make me happy. Uh, it did. Thank you, Matt. It's, uh, You're welcome. It brings back, you know, let's face it, there are certain things like songs and even smells there are certain, like, you, if there's a scent that meant something special in your life, sometimes it's a perfume, sometimes it's some type of manure or something like that. Things could come rushing back uh, into your brain. And that, that song certainly puts a big smile on my face because I was blessed um, with a very, very fun youth. Some people who are not feeling blessed right now, I don't think, are people in the Trump family. And those of you who have heard, listened to this show for a while now know that I've not really, you know, if you want to hear about national politics, you could go down the dial a little bit. And Mark Levin is on and, and he's, you know, the guy's a smart dude. I, I don't exactly see eye to eye with him. Uh, with, I don't see eye to eye with him on many subjects. Um, but I let him do the national thing. And we're trying to stay a little bit local here as you're bucking the traffic heading home or you're uh, cooking that, that meal for your family. Um, and the Trump family, specifically the president of the United States uh, and his son, Donald, and his daughter, uh, Ivanka, they lost their uh, 
basically their appeal. It was it's not a, a technical appeal, but they were appealing to the judge in a civil case that they should not have to uh, be questioned under oath by the New York State Attorney General's office. That would be Letitia James's office about their finances. This is not um, this case itself. It's not like it, that it never happens, but it's very rare to have a, a an investigation being held by two um, prosecutorial offices at the same time. Here, one is doing it civilly and one is doing it criminally. And the criminal one was started by Cy Vance, the former Manhattan DA, and now it's being carried on by Alvin Bragg. And that's a case where they brought on a lawyer from the private sector who you know, was a federal prosecutor and then he went into private practice, and he's a very well-known criminal defense attorney. But you know, if if it was my law my law firm, so let's just say I'm the Manhattan DA, and that's his law firm, for me to have to bring someone else in to work on a case, I feel, and and he's not. It's not like he hired the person to be part of his the law office, the, the DA's office. He's like special counsel to the DA's office. It's kind of like an insult to the other lawyers. It's like 500 lawyers there. You're telling me not one of those 500 or, th- or a team of them put together could handle this? So you have to bring someone from the outside in. But that just shows you how badly they are focused on getting going after Donald Trump and his family. Um, and, and so, so that's the criminal case. Now, that was not technically addressed today in court. What was technically addressed was the civil case which is being uh, conducted by the attorney general's office, which is which means no one can go to jail if she finds wrongdoing. It means they'd have to pay a lot of money back in fines, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then she would refer her findings to the Manhattan DA's office and to see if there are there are criminal aspects of this, and then somebody can go to jail. So the arguments today apparently were very heated to the point where the judge had to continuously tell the lawyers to calm down and settle down and take a time out. And what they were saying was, it's not fair to put the Trump family under oath in a civil case when it's very well known that there is a criminal case going on uh, in a criminal investigation. I'm going to try to break this down. If it was only a criminal investigation, there is no uh, obligation for a defendant to help the prosecutor. So... There is no reason for a individual to have to come in and take the fifth, which means I'm not going to say anything on the grounds that I might incriminate myself. That 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 piece of it doesn't happen. So in the state case, with the attorney general's case, which is a civil case, you can get subpoenaed. In fact, they have gotten subpoenaed to come and give testimony before the case comes to completion. And what Trump's uh, attorneys argued, and Ron Fischetti, who is a been around forever, and he's a very well-known criminal defense attorney. I mean, when I say he's been around forever, he's in his early 80s, but apparently still still has it. Good for him. Yeah, he was saying, you're on a how I represent the former president of the United States. And even if by law it is in his best interest to take the fifth, because that's what I would advise any client, it is going to be all over the world that the president, Donald Trump, took the fifth. Now he's got to go to trial in a criminal case and or <clears throat> and even though it's not admissible that he took the fifth in the criminal case that would never be it's not admissible in front of a jury to say I invoke my fifth amendment privileges even if they did so at the time of an arrest you can't tell that to a jury because you can't be used against you that you're invoking the rights that you are privileged to have in the United States of America but his point is it is going to be so publicly known that it and it will be so prejudicial to Donald Trump that he could never get a fair trial. And basically the judge said, well, sorry, you know, that's that's my ruling. He said, Eric Trump, who uh, I think it was really, well, it's probably in the middle of the pandemic. He was called in and he did take the fifth. Um, And again, this is where things were very unique, in my opinion, not and they weren't treated fairly. Typically, when you take the fifth, I would go in with a client I write out exactly what they said on the vice of my lawyer. I refuse to answer that question based on my Fifth Amendment privileges. And they ask you like five or seven, ten questions, and you answer that at the same time. And then they say, 
would you answer every question that I'm about to ask you with the same answer? Yes. And then they end it, and it's over. But here, I think they asked Eric over 200 questions, Eric Trump. And they made him say the same thing over, you know, upon a right of counsel, I'm refusing to answer. Uh, I'm invoking my privilege of not, against self-incrimination, whatever the lawyer wrote out. So what's the bottom line? Within 14 days, President Donald Trump, his daughter Ivanka, and Donald Trump Jr. are going to be sitting in front of lawyers and investigators for the New York State Attorney General's office in a deposition under oath. Uh, and if I'm betting 20 bucks, uh, they're all going to have to take the fifth because that's the smart thing to do. And, um, anytime you're under these kinds of investigations, it's just, it's just the smart thing to do. You don't know how things are going to get turned and twisted and what questions are coming at you. It's, it's just not a, a good forum to be in. So it it is going to get out. It's going to leak that they took the fifth. There's no real, this isn't a grand jury where everything is secret. It is just a, um, it's a, it's a civil deposition. So the gravitas is not really there for this particular uh, legal exercise. But what their argument was is, Your Honor, this is just a ruse. This is just, it's a subterfuge for the criminal case. It's a way for them to, if they answer things uh, if they do answer questions, then the criminal investigators will look at it and see and try to f- twist and turn things to figure out there's a crime. And if they invoke their Fifth Amendment privilege, then it's going to go out there and it's going to prejudice potential jurors. Well, if they didn't do anything wrong, why are they taking the Fifth? If they're innocent, then why aren't they just speaking? And sadly, uh, jurors often, you know, they are not as acquainted with our system and that taking the fifth does not mean that you're guilty. It means you're probably smart and have good lawyers around you to just say, listen, we're not going to cooperate with this investigation. If they think you did something wrong, let them prove it. We're not, you're not going to help them prove it. But uh, it was a big defeat for the Trump family. There's no doubt about it. They do have the appeal, the ability to appeal it to the appellate division and I believe that is what they're going to do. I do know um, the law. Law- I know all the lawyers here, and they're all excellent. Alan Futterfuss is great. I believe Susan Necklace is involved. She's fantastic. Uh, as I said, Ron Fischetti, he's been around forever. He- he's seen every case upside down and inside out. Uh, so the Trumps, not surprisingly, have great attorneys uh, fighting for them. But I got to be honest with you, I don't really think they're being treated fairly here. I, I really think they're gunning for them. And there were some great attorney, great arguments that the defense attorneys made about why uh, Letitia James should be disqualified. She ran on a platform for attorney general saying, I'm going to get Donald Trump. That was her campaign uh, promise. That's not what a law enforcement officer is supposed to say. And she's the chief law enforcement officer of the state. So it's been inter- interesting to watch to be continued. Empire State Bank. At Empire State Bank, they specialize in providing innovative financial solutions, personal service, and industry expertise to run and grow your business. They understand the intricacies of law and have designed a banking program built with specialized financial solutions to meet the needs of attorneys and law firms. Attorney Advantage Banking, that's what it's called. It's a suite of innovative financial solutions designed to help run and grow your practice more efficiently and safely. Empire State Bank also provides comprehensive treasury management and fraud protection tools, including business, online and mobile banking, online wire transfers, and check positive pay services to ensure fraud protection. Take your law firm to the next level with Attorney Advantage Banking from Empire State Bank with locations in Staten Island, Brooklyn, and Queens. Call Empire State Bank today at 833-393-7700. That's 833-393-7700. Or jump on the internet and visit them at esbna.com, esbna.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Holland Christian Home, a place for your aging loved one, wants to invite you to visit them in New Jersey. Here's Irene, a happy resident. I'm very happy here. I've been here for 12 and a half years. 
if something would happen, everything, and I would do it all over again. And the staff is very caring, and I feel so well taken care of. And my children, I have a son and a daughter, they both are just so thankful that I am here because they don't have to worry about anything. Holland Christian Home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect. HCHNJ.org. That's HCHNJ.org. Or you can call Charlotte at 973-807-3245 for a tour. Holland Christian Home, 973-807-3245. Ask for Charlotte. Listen to us anywhere. Tune in.com. iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am97theanswer.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. We have cloudy skies. We sit at 59 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, police are investigating after a man was stabbed in the thigh on a Brooklyn-bound subway train. It happened around 2 o'clock this afternoon on an L train as it was pulling into the 14th Street station in the East Village. The attacker exited the train at the 1st Avenue station, but the 22-year-old victim remained on the train until the next stop in Williamsburg. The victim is in stable condition. New York City is mourning the loss of a firefighter. City officials say Jesse Gerhardt suffered a medical episode one day after battling a blaze in Queens. He collapsed Wednesday night inside his firehouse. He was rushed to the hospital and pronounced dead. Gerhard was part of the effort to put out a fire in Far Rockaway on Tuesday. The 33-year-old Long Beach native was with the department for seven years. And a judge decided today that former President Donald Trump must answer questions under oath in New York State's civil investigation into his business practices. Judge Arthur Engeron ordered the former president and his two eldest children, Ivanka and Don Jr., to comply with subpoenas issued in December by the New York Attorney General. Trump and his two children must sit for a deposition within 21 days. Taking a look at the traffic across the Hudson, if you're going back to New Jersey at the Holland Tunnel, we're looking at a 30 to 40 minute delay from Canal Street, slightly better from the other approaches. Inbound 15 from 1 to 9, 5 to 10 from the Turnpike. Outbound Lincoln Tunnel, 20 to 30 minutes. Inbound, we're okay. George Washington Bridge, that's a pretty good ride in both directions. Your forecast... The rain will be moving in here in the next few hours. It'll become heavier and steadier overnight. Get very windy as we approach sunrise tomorrow. Temperatures are going to be hovering right around 60 where they are right now. Some early morning rain tomorrow, then clearing for the afternoon. But we're going to go from 60 to below 40 by lunchtime tomorrow. It's going to really drop like a rock. And partly cloudy on Saturday. Chance of a snow shower high of 39. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. How's that traffic out there, folks? Hopefully not too bad. How's the temperature? I'm sure it's dropping pretty well. A um, lot of lawsuits going on just, just this afternoon. A whole bunch of them popped up. Um, the one thing in the national news that is a New York s- story is having to do with mask mandates. And the Supreme Court was asked by several New York City school teachers on Friday, the United States Supreme Court, not the New York State Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court was re- asked on Friday to review the constitutionality of the mandatory mask uh, mandate and the fact that they were going to lose their jobs. And on Friday, Justice Sotomayor, uh, Sonia Sotomayor, who is a New York native, she was in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. She uh, denied it. She has. She's the one. Like each justice is in charge of a different what's called circuit. So the Second Circuit is New York. I think New York, Connecticut, Vermont. Maybe it's like a weird. It's weird the way it's divided up. The Third Circuit is all of New Jersey. 
et cetera, et cetera. So, like, the Third Circuit uh, is is uh, supervised by Justice Alito because he was in the Third Circuit and he has familiarity with it. Justice Sotomayor was in the the New York courts, so she is familiar with that, et cetera, et cetera. So um, they went to Sotomayor on Friday, and she said, no, we're not going to appeal. We're not going to grant your appeal. We're not going to give you an expedited appeal. It's it's a very complex uh, process to get in front of the United States Supreme Court, but there are certain emergency petitions. And I will tell you, I don't know now how on Monday they made a new petition in front of um, Justice Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch is the justice who took over when Justice Scalia passed away uh, six years ago, right around now, February the 13th. Um, he said, okay, I'm I'm going to uh, consider the appeal early next month. They asked for a decision this week, but he said no, early in, in uh, March. Now, if if he said, if the court rules... Like, let's just say they go with this normal, like, majority, so you'll have six to three, and they rule that the mandate is unconstitutional, uh, I would imagine that those 1,400 government workers were going to were gonna get their jobs back. Oh, I apologize. This, I'm, it's not about the mask mandate. It's about the vaccination. It's about the, uh, the, the vaccination mandate for teachers. Um, this is what Bill de Blasio put into effect and uh, the new mayor, Mayor Adams, did not say uh, no. It's not going to. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to reverse it. And they have appealed in New York State with the local courts, but they've lost every appeal in all of the local courts. I believe in both the state and the federal local courts. So they went all the way to the top to uh, the big leagues, the United States Supreme Court. And again, I didn't think you could do this. They went to first Justice Sotomayor, who supervises this area of the United States of America, and she denied it. But then they went to Justice Gorsuch, and he granted it. So obviously that can happen because they are announcing that they will hear the case or at least rule on the case as to whether uh, you can mandate these vaccinations and that if you don't get the vaccination, you will get fired. That's a big case, even though it's New York based, it will have national implications. Uh, also, that broke late this afternoon is that Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, is getting sued. He's getting sued by the state trooper who uh, alleges that he uh, sexually harassed her. Sexually, I think he, she's saying he sexually assaulted her. Not only is she suing Andrew Cuomo, uh, she's also suing Melissa DeRosa who was his, I believe, his counsel, because she's saying it was a conspiracy between Governor Cuomo and Melissa DeRosa to cover up uh, what his actions were and the sexual uh, assault actions. So it's really a sexual harassment case. Now, the Nassau County District Attorney did a full investigation, and what the Nassau District Attorney stated was that she found the allegations credible and troubling, but not criminal. Now, to be fair to the trooper, there are um, facts and there are actions that someone could say that do constitute civil harassment, that do not constitute a criminal act. So that's kind of where they're splitting the hairs here. Obviously, had Andrew Cuomo been charged criminally, with uh, some sort of a sex act against this trooper, uh, the civil case would be a fait accompli. You know, I spoke French. Um, but because <clears throat> the, it was rejected that there were, the, the district attorney found that there was no criminal act, she's entitled to uh, pursue this civilly. However, it is not nearly as powerful as if he was arrested for that. Um, In other lawsuit news, Alec Baldwin and the producers of the movie Rust are getting sued by the estate of the cinematographer who was um, was killed. Her name is Hannah. I believe it's H-A-L-Y-N-A Hutchins. I'm sorry. Helen Helna. How do you say it? Helna Hutchins. 
um, you know, this poor woman. I mean, she's shooting a movie. She's holding a movie camera, and she gets shot in the belly. And, I mean, there's from very strong language in the complaint that, you know, Miss Hutchins deserved to live, and the defendants had the power to prevent her death if they had only held sacrosanct their duty to protect the safety of every individual on a set where firearms were present instead of cutting corners on safety procedures where human lives were at stake, rushing to stay on schedule and ignoring numerous complaints of safety violations. And that is going to be a key portion of it, that last piece. Were there numerous complaints of safety violations? Is that uh, documented? Is it documented not only in investigations or or um, uh, statements made after the, the shooting took place, but were there documented complaints of safety violations before, before this poor woman was killed? If there were complaints about safety violations that are uh, very easily um, to proven, so let's just say there's an email, there's a text, uh, or someone put notes somewhere that says, you know, so-and-so said that they don't think the guns are being handled properly. Or it doesn't have to even be, in my opinion, about the guns. Other aspects were not being handled properly. Other of stunts or things like that weren't being handled properly. I do think the uh, producers would have some severe liability. Um, whether Alec Baldwin has to pay any money legally, my guess is it's probably going to be No. Uh, whether he wants to write out a check to this woman's estate, uh, that's a different story. I mean, he could, you could always do that. He could say, look, you know, I'll, let's set up a foundation for her. You know, I'll seed it with X amount of dollars. And, you know, you guys could do whatever it is you want. I, uh, you know, that happens all the time. Basically, that's happening with Prince Andrew and Jufre. Uh, uh, you know, she, they, this is how they settle the suit. He's going to put all this money into... You know, the way they they crafted that press release was so was was so crafty. Pardon the the term. It was really sneaky because they make it sound like all the money is going into Miss Jufre's charity, but I don't think that's really what's going on. It just says exactly. They just say that they're putting he's putting money in her charity. It doesn't say and in her pocket. I would be a little surprised, pleasantly surprised. If it's all going into a charity, which then is a charity, which then gives all the money to a good cause, because there are also charities where Miss Jufre can take a, a a fee for herself of you know hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. But Alec Baldwin, if he wants to settle this case, you know, there's nothing preventing him from writing out a check. There's nothing preventing the production company from. Uh, writing out a check and saying, okay, you know, here you go. Here's to our family, and you can spend it any way you want. We were talking about vaccinations. Let's talk about how Kyrie Irving for the New York, for the Brooklyn Nets, who really need him to play basketball, he can't play in Brooklyn because he's not vaccinated. Yet, the opposing team that comes into play in Brooklyn, they are not checked as to whether they are vaccinated or not. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, that That is really ridiculous. Why can't he play and others from other teams who come in and play there, they don't get checked as to whether they're vaccinated or not. It doesn't make sense. I know Mayor Adams has brought this up, um, and he's like, I w- you know, I wish it could change, but he didn't go far enough to say, you know, we're, we're going to change it, or we're going to go, uh, I guess, I don't know, I'm sure the NBA is involved, as to whether or not there's mandatory vaccinations for all of their players, because think about the turmoil if everyone who was coming to Brooklyn, their players had to be vaccinated, and then their big stars. So let's just say LeBron James is not vaccinated, and he comes in to play the Brooklyn Nets, and he's not allowed to play because he's not vaccinated, and therefore their team, the Lakers, lose, and the Nets win. There would be some other kind of controversy. These are complicated issues that obviously, right, they're going to the United States Supreme Court, the National Basketball Association is involved, and the little kids who are going to school wearing masks are involved. Let's keep talking. Let's keep trying to figure it out. Nothing's perfect. Be right back. How we stood side by side. 
I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks tumbling with the Dow posting its worst loss of the year. The major average is wiping away gains for the week from the escalation in tensions between Russia and Ukraine. The Dow falling 622 points, the Nasdaq down 407, S&P 500 down 95. And Roku stock is tumbling after hours after the streaming firm's fourth quarter revenue came in short of expectations. And shares of real estate services company Redfin are plunging in after hours trading after executives predicted losses in the first quarter of this year would exceed full-year losses in 2021. This is the company maintains its eye-buying business that rivals Zillow decided to draw. And Shake Shack stock is tanking after hours. The burger chain issued weaker-than-expected revenue in the current quarter, saying that the Omicron variant crimped activity in January. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. Inflation just broke a nearly 40-year record thanks to Biden's out-of-control spending, and every second you are losing more of your hard-earned savings. But you can fight back with a gold IRA from Birch Gold. You can protect your retirement from this outright theft. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I'm one of Birch Gold's many happy customers. To learn how to set up your own gold IRA, text the word SHELTER to 989898. Do it now today. Text SHELTER to 989898. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2. All right, tonight it's legal night on Radio Night Live. Kevin McCullough, meaning that once you've concluded your time with Arthur Idala as he makes the case for the city he loves, stick around because Imran Ansari comes along with me following Arthur to talk about all the biggest cases of the day. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Explore Banana Republic Factory with 50% off everything. Shop versatile tops, adventure-ready pants, and more from $24.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you missed those classic New York nights, the types of evenings where you could go out with your loved ones and have great fun and make great memories while eating great food? Well, when I think of Sardi's here in Manhattan, that's the kind of evening that comes to mind. In fact, when Max was on the show, he was making me hungry just talking about his great menu, especially now that they finished their beautiful renovations and are welcoming back the pre-show theater goers and the post-show revelers. Whether it's the legendary crab cake or the 18-month Parmesan prosciutto and melon plate, the cannellonis, the steak tartare, the grilled filet medallions. Friends, your mouth, if it's not watering yet, I don't know if anything can make it. Make your reservation, 212-221-8440. That's 212-221-8440. And rediscover a little bit of New York magic. Sardis, 212-221-8440. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me it all keeps setting up I think I'm cracking up And I'm just paranoid I'm just up Green Day Thursday night You're almost to the weekend I think it's going to be a decent weather weekend Thursday night and that's Green Day And we want to wish a happy birthday To the lead singer, the man whose voice you're hearing right now Billy Joe Armstrong it's also Paris Hilton's birthday. She's 41. She was a kid back in the day when that crazy video came out that made her famous, which is an insane world we live in. What makes someone famous? Oh, do a, a leak a sex video of yourself, and all of a sudden you're a superstar. A real true, true superstar. 
uh, someone who would be in the category of, I guess, Muhammad Ali and Wayne Gretzky and maybe Babe Ruth is Michael Jordan, the MVP Chicago Bulls Hall of Famer, 59 years old today. And guess where he was born? Nope, not Chicago. Brooklyn, baby. <laughs> so <clears throat> I just uh, did a little research, and the NBA commissioner actually is kind of pushing Eric Adams to change this basketball rule here in New York City. But how can he do How can Eric Adams do that? He just fired 1,400 people. I think it's 700 school teachers. Um, how can he, you know, be so, I guess, basically, you'd be a hypocrite, right, to say, oh, you, you can't be a, a, a school teacher gets fired, but a basketball player, you could just come in and play. And here's where the Nets really get messed up. Um, they're playing against the Knicks. So even though he's on the road and normally he could play in the, on the road games, it's a road game that's in New York. So it's another night where they lose him. The Nets are, are missing their three stars. The new guy, Ben Simmons, um, who just came over and hasn't played yet because he's injured. Kevin Durant, <clears throat> who's injured. And, and then you have Irving, who's you know has refused to get vaccinated. So they're, you know, the Nets are supposed to be the champs, and they're far from the champs. <laughs> Very nice. Um, what about, let's move over to baseball. It is, there's a lockout. What does that mean? I don't even really know, except they're talking about delaying um, the spring training, which is usually right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers usually report right around now down to Florida. That's not happening uh, because of this lockout. Aaron Judge has been making the rounds and saying he hasn't been re-signed. In his mind, he wanted to be a Yankee for life. And, um, you know, that's as of right this second, that's not happening because during the lockout, they're not allowed to speak to each other. Uh, they're not allowed to negotiate contract. It's a lockout. It's, you know, nothing is going on right now. Uh, we need baseball. Come on. <clears throat> Especially to recover from this pandemic. The Yankees, the Mets, you know how much money they bring in? <clears throat> and it's interesting because the same people who are going to say, ah, I don't feel comfortable going to work. They'll go to a baseball game <laughs> with, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people there. Um, so let's hope that in the world of sports, we can get our local teams up and at them and give us a little energy and give us a little excitement here in New York. Let's get out of the winter quietness and doldrums and let's go into March and there'll be some March madness with some, some basketball going down. Um, speaking of sports... I, I would have to say in my life, this is the first Olympics that I am so not involved in. And I'm not proud of that. And it's, it's no for no political reasons. It's just I'm super busy. Today is Ariana's three-month birthday on the planet Earth. That's my daughter. So things are a little hectic. And, and like sitting down and watching, you know, figure skating is just not on the agenda. But obviously on the front page of the papers are the 15-year-old. <clears throat> who um, the Russian skater who she's has won uh, medals, but they're saying they found banned substances in her uh, her tests, but she's under a certain age that she shouldn't be held accountable for it. It's very confusing, <clears throat> but 15 years old, with this much pressure, with this much the world looking at you, I don't know, I you know, you can't be healthy. There's no way that could be a good thing for a 15-year-old to have. First is the pressure of just the sheer hard work. Do you know what it takes to get into the Olympics and, and how perfect you have to be to achieve the status that this young person has achieved? Then you have all of the international pressure of being watched by all the media, et cetera, et cetera. That's a second level of stress and, and anxiety. And then... Your blood test comes back with this banned substance in it. That's got to drive you. And now you're all over. Now you've come come from being a household name, not because you achieved some greatness in your sport, but that maybe you cheated. Poor kid. I mean, really, you, you know, your heart breaks for her um, and those around her. Speaking of heartbreak, um, I just read about, uh, I believe its name is Jesse Ger Gerhard. He is a firefighter, <clears throat> was sadly a firefighter, 33 years old. He's a seven-year vet, 
and I believe it was the day before yesterday, he had fought a fire that the word that the fire department is using is extensively. Um, and the next day in the firehouse, he just literally dropped dead. Like they heard a boom, they went upstairs, he was down, and they believe it was from the some sort of stress or ramifications of the fire the day before. By the time they got him to the hospital, he was pronounced dead on arrival. Um, acting Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh made a beautiful speech about him, <clears throat> that he was a fireman's fireman. He's what embodies what you want to embody a firefighter. So Jesse Gerhard and your family, thank you for your service to our city, and it gives you an idea of how dangerous these jobs are day in and day out. On a little bit of a happier note, um, <clears throat> they're going to expand the bike lanes. I don't know. Is that really a happy note? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm sure a lot of people here complain about those bike lanes like crazy and who's using them and there's electric bikes and there's regular bikes. It's a little crazy. Um, crossing the street gets more and more dangerous. Now there's not only buses and taxis and Ubers and regular cars, but now you got these electric bikes and then just the regular bike. So beware. Um, and really, really good news. The Friars Club announced today that they are having a Icon, Icon of the Year Award uh, dinner at the Ziegfeld Theater on May the 26th, and they're honoring Tracy Morgan. Now, <clears throat> why Tracy Morgan? Besides him being a great entertainer and comedian, Saturday Night Live and 30 Rock, we wanted to honor someone who embodied a comeback story because New York is coming back, the Friars Club is coming back, and he got into a vicious car accident. And luckily, he's healthy, and he's coming back. So he will be the guest. I know Al Roker is going to be roasting him. There's going to be a lot of a lot of fun uh, comedians, and it's technically not a roast; it's an icon dinner. Uh, but it will be a fantastic um, it'll be a fantastic event. And you know, the Friars Club is an integral part of New York. And as New York comes back, and the Friars come back. It's in everyone's best interest. I'm going to be away for a little while. Um, tomorrow night, Kevin McCullough is going to be uh, a remote from Sardi's. You should definitely tune in for that. Monday, I believe there's basketball, Sambolino. Correct. <clears throat> and then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, my law partner, Imran Ansari, who does the Thursday nights with Kevin McCullough, will be in my seat. And I should be back here a week from tonight. I'll miss you all. I'm going to spend some quality time with my big son, Luca, in a little warm place. Don't forget over the weekend to go to Platinum-Mitsubishi.com. The guys at Platinum Mitsubishi will take really good care of you buying a new car. And today is something about National Love Your Neighbor Day. National Random Acts of Kindness Day. So do a random act of kindness. See you next week. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.